Well, good morning. Hi. Um, for those who haven't met me yet, my name's Tim. Uh, it's, it's a great privilege to be um, standing up here, not in the best of circumstances. It's, it's not the best feeling to be um, sick and, and having a lot of vomiting, so I'm, I'm really thinking about Sam at this time. Uh, it's, it's pretty nasty, and we'll pray for him in just a moment. Um, but today I wanted to look at the Mark series, so continuing on from what Pastor Brent has been looking at. Um, but I'm going to jump a little bit ahead just because I think there's a message here that's really important for us. So if you could all turn to Mark 10, verse 17, if you want to get your Bibles or your phones out. Um, we're going to have a good read of it. And basically, we're going to learn about three things out of this passage. So um, first of all is what does Jesus think about being rich or poor? This is the story of the rich young ruler. Um, a challenging way to love people as well, something that maybe some people might not even think about in the way that we, we share the gospel or, teach, or talk to people. And also, finally, a, um, a heavy bit of information that we can apply to our lives today, a bit of life application that we can take home and say, how, let's actually change something about our lives. Let's take something from it. So let's take a read of the passage. Uh, so Mark 17. And as he was setting out, and also, actually, I'll stop for a second. So when, when we read into this, Let's try and like really have like an investigative mind, you know, like put on your Sherlock Holmes hat for this one and, and really just take a look at this passage and start sort of loading up your brain with questions, sort of asking, what, what's, what's this verse telling me? What's this saying about this thing? And, and start adding questions that you have about the people, Jesus, the rich young ruler, the disciples' response. Just sort of start filling it up. So let's read into it, but read it with an investigative mind. Let's take a look. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Kids, keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> and he said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them, children, let me just make sure, yeah, we're good. Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Oh, lock my spot. <laughs> uh, and said to him, who can, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Let's just pray. Father God, I just, um, I just thank you for this, this privilege to come up here and read your word, to, to bring teaching that will hopefully bless and encourage and even maybe convict the, the, um, the congregation here today. Thank you, Lord, for Outlook Church, that we have such a strong group of believers that love you and care about your word and want to see your word be 
uh, made real and made a reality in their lives, in their actions. So, Lord, please step me aside. I pray, Lord, that people would not remember me, but just remember your message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so... First thing we're going to do is we're going to look through those passages. If you've got your questions loaded up, hopefully the next few slides will sort of answer what you've been thinking about. Um, so let's just take a look. So first of all, who was the rich young ruler? Now, some people like to, you know, add a little bit of, like, flavor to the story. They'll say, oh, maybe it was Paul before he became a Christian, because he was, he was a ruler of the Sanhedrin, that sort of thing. And you know, maybe there's some stuff there, but also some people say, oh, maybe it was Mark himself because he's the one who wrote it. And, and that's a cool story too. Um, but the truth is the, the actual personhood of the ruler is not really important. But let's take a look at the values that are attached to this person. Um, so first of all, young people were not typically seen as rulers in his day. So his wealth was most likely what brought him affluence and power. He was, he was used to money being the key to unlocking influence, control, and popularity. If you think about that person who can just throw money at the problem and then all of a sudden it disappears, There's, this is the kind of person the rich young ruler is. But also, let's not actually knock the rich young ruler because he actually ran to Jesus and knelt before him. He sincerely wanted to learn from Jesus to learn how to secure eternal life. So this is not some guy who's pompous, crossing his arms like a Pharisee. This guy genuinely wants to know, how do I get into the kingdom? I've done everything right, God. What, what's the next step, Jesus? Now let's take a look at what Jesus' response to this attitude was. First of all, Jesus loved the ruler. If you look in 10 verse 21, it's very clear that his response was not designed to make a fool of the ruler, but was a sincere, genuine call for him to repent of his idolatry and follow Jesus. Jesus flips the script on who gets to enter the kingdom as well. So let's just bear in mind for a second that just like today, the Jews of the time believed that wealth and power was a sign that you've lived a sinless life, and so God has blessed you for it. You know, it, it, just like today, we look at somebody who has everything, and we look to them and they go, man, God's really... He's working on that guy, you know. That, that Lamborghini definitely shows he hasn't sinned this week. Um, <laughs> probably not to that extent, but that, that's the sort of idea they're going. So, so when the disciples paused in verse uh, 26 and said, you know, who can be saved? That they're literally pointing out the fact that Jesus has flipped it around. He said, you may think that, that, this is, that wealth and power is what gets you into heaven, but I'm saying it is the hardest thing that prevents you from getting into heaven. So that's pretty hectic, but also, Jesus raises the bar yet again for the standards that God expects for someone to be able to make it into his kingdom based on their merits. That basically just means that it's just like the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus always starts a passage with, you heard it was said, but here's actually what it means. So it's like, you heard it was said, do not murder, but actually, even if you think about murdering, you have committed murder in your heart. He's taking the whole conversation from a laws-based tradition to a heart-based tradition. He's trying to get this into the, young, the rich young ruler's head. Also, I wanted to touch briefly on this idea of Jesus loved the ruler by telling him the truth. As Christians, and especially in our Western society today, it is so often that we believe that hiding the truth from a friend or something is a loving act. You know, we think to ourselves, oh, man, you know, 
he's, he's really living a pretty messed up life, but who am I to judge, right? That's what people think. That's what people say. And, and it is actually tearing people apart. If Jesus hadn't pointed out, hadn't have pointed out the, pers- the rich young ruler's addiction to wealth, then that wouldn't have been loving. Jesus, it literally says in the verse, Jesus loved him. And then he told him the truth about his condition. So let's just keep that in mind as we go as Christians, that a, a very key part of loving our neighbor is to tell the truth. Um, so basically, um, we've got the next part here. Now that we've answered a few of the tinier questions, let's just tackle the big elephant in the room that I'm sure everybody's wondering from this passage. Is the passage saying it's bad to be rich? No. It's not. <laughs> um, there, there are plenty of examples in the Bible of, of Jesus using, and through the book of Acts, you can see using rich people to bless the kingdom, to buy land for the early Christians, and to provide help and support where needed. Wealth is not the problem, and if we think wealth is the problem, then we're going back to an Old Testament view of being works-based salvation. That's not the case. However, Jesus is pointing out the unique temptations that people with wealth will encounter, and highlights the fact that these temptations are particularly difficult to overcome. So Proverbs 30, verse 7 to 9, you don't have to pull it out, it's just here on the screen. This is Solomon, who, by the way, was quite wealthy. The guy built a massive temple for God, okay? So this is a rich guy talking about wealth. Let's see what he has to say. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. He's talking to God. Remove and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So if we take a look here, wealth can lead you, if you have too much wealth, Basically, um, Solomon is talking about the temptations and the sin that can creep in with wealth specifically. So in yourself more than God, it can lead to idolatry of things and a resistance to give it up for the kingdom. But also, poverty takes things into your own hands and defile God's name just to get by. You know, think about it. If you are, if you are struggling, if you don't have the money that you need to get by, that temptation to, you know, go to the self-checkout and put potatoes in as, as um, something cheaper than that, bananas, I'm guessing, here in Queensland. Temptation when you can't get by. But also, the point that Solomon is making, that both sides actually have a problem. If we look here, the ideal position that Solomon is pointing out is to live with just enough to get by. So him everything. So no matter our social status, we'll all need to have a Christ-centered mindset. What does that mean to have a Christ-centered mindset? It's essentially a, a saying that you can have in your head that says, Jesus, I love you. I want to make sure that there is nothing in the way of me serving you. So, so here's a thinking exercise for everybody right now. Think of something that you highly value, a hobby, a friendship, or just a thing that you really, really like. And imagine if God tonight came into your room 
and told you that you had to give it up in exchange for the worst version of that thing. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's a, a YouTuber that I follow by the name of Mike Wing. I highly recommend checking him out. But basically, he talks about um, this. He was a youth pastor. And on this youth camp, one, one kid was speaking to him and said, oh, you know, Pastor Mike, like, what, what songs can I listen to? Can I, can I s listen to a song about dancing on the dance floor or in the club? And he's trying to ask for specifics, kind of similar to the rich young ruler. Um, and, then, and then Mike Winger, being the, the smart guy he was, he sort of pointed it out and said, hang on, this has nothing to do with the rules. This is every, has everything to do with the heart. So he said, okay, what if instead of uh, choosing which songs you, you picked, God came into your room tonight and said, uh, Bill, I forgot his name, I want you to listen to nothing <laughs> except poker for the rest of your life. And, and that, that kid, and you guys know poker, right? The accordion, the pianos, like, it's not particularly great listening music. But that youth, that, that, that kid, he said, oh, gosh, pastor, I, if God asked me to do that, I don't know if I could do that, you know? I don't know if I could give that up for God. Um, and basically, if you, if you honestly have a hard time giving it up, after you've thought about your thing, if hopefully in the time that I've spoken, you've had a chance to think about something that you really value, and you would have a hard time giving that up, then you've just found something that you need to bring to God. For the rich young ruler, money was the one thing that he couldn't give up in exchange for the kingdom. But for, for us, it could very easily be something else. It doesn't matter. The, the, the point is the money is not the issue. It was the fact he couldn't let it go. So in conclusion, and this is a bit of a shorter sermon today, so hopefully we can just have more chat times and stuff. Jesus is calling us to have a lifelong relationship with him. He is lovingly telling us the truth about our condition so that we can see it, accept it, and repent. At the end of the day, keeping the commandments like the rich young ruler won't save us. What will save us is the blood of Jesus Christ who died on the cross and three days later he rose from the dead so that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So let's move forward into the next week and as we lead into Christmas, letting go of the things that are, are holding us back from fully believing in this truth, for fully accepting the kingdom and following Christ, let's strip that stuff off and just focus on Jesus because he is the only thing that we need. We don't need money. We don't need everything. We don't need a house. We don't even need this building that we're in, which we're so blessed to have. We just need Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this short but sweet sermon. Um, I just thank you, Lord, that we have this opportunity to reflect on our lives, reflect on the things that, um, that, are, that bring us joy, but also the things that may become an idol. Lord, help us to let go of the things that are holding us back from you and focus fully and wholeheartedly on serving you and, Lord, just bringing the gospel to the world. Thank you, Lord, for this place. And I really just pray right now for Sam right now as he's feeling sick. I just pray that you would heal him quickly. Um, and I pray, Lord, that it would not be contagious and he would just be healed so straight away. Um, but, Lord, again, I just thank you so much for your love, your kindness, and your plan. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.